Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, maybe one of my favorite topics ever that we're going to cover and one of my ultimate guests that I've always wanted to have on the podcast is joining us today, David Marquette. He is the author of a very new book that you guys are probably just getting as you're listening to this, Leadership is Language, The Hidden Power of What You Say and What You Don't. And, oh, by the way, his first book, Turn the Ship Around, A True Story of Turning Followers into Leaders. I'm sure many of you have read it. And if you haven't, I'd say pause the podcast, go read it, then come back. But David, it's so great. (laughs) It's so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thanks for having me on your show. And welcome, all Contender Cast listeners. (laughs) There we go. Hey, I literally, you know, when I read your first book and I shared this before we hit record, it it really was influential and meaningful and very applicable. And there was so much good content in that book that I immediately applied to my day job um, with my team. And so when um, I saw your new book coming out and we had the opportunity to connect, I um, was super excited. So let me do this, though. Share with our audience how you got into the leadership space, even before you got into the Navy. Like, how did this all start for you? Yeah, so I, I was a submarine commander, and that's what the turn the ship around story is about. It was unexpected because for 12 months, I, I mean, I came up through the ranks, 17 years in the Navy, and then, hey, I got selected, and you're going to go be the commander of one submarine. And for 12 months, all you do is study everything, wiring diagrams, piping systems. Why? Because you got to give all the orders and the person giving all the orders needs to know all the answers. And the person who knows all the answers is the person who gives all the orders. <laughs> and then at the very last minute, uh, there was another submarine, the USS Sandeve, and that was the worst performing ship in the fleet. She had the worst morale, worst performance. Things were not going well. And the captain, to his credit, said, you know, I am not the solution here. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to step aside. This is really unheard of. You get fired, you get dragged out, uh, on a slab, but you know, as a submarine commander, it never uh, happens. No one ever, <laughs> no one ever quits. I can't imagine. So, I exactly. Imagine. The best job in the world. So, uh, so, so this, this put the whole system into a tizzy because now we had a submarine without a commander. I was just about, I was within two weeks of taking over the ship I was, quote, supposed to go to. And they said, no, 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 Santa Fe, okay, <laughs> Santa Fe. And I was like, no, please. Oh, my Santa gosh. Fe. I can't imagine. And, and, but here was the wrinkle. Here was the wrinkle. The poor morale, poor, poor, poor. I've been in those situations and just sort of through, through dint of hard work, hard study, good decisions, and then compelling my team to do what I told them to do, we would improve things moderately. Uh, but the Santa Fe was a different kind of ship. It was a different, it was one of the newest ships in the fleet. So, so all the equipment. So the equipment like the, the was new, but the, the, but the equipment was all different. Like the button, the, like the buttons. Wow. Like, don't push this button, push that button. I would know that's the detail to which you know the thing. Sure. But on the Santa Fe, I didn't. But here I go. I got to hide that, right? <laughs> right. We just don't it admit they don't it. know. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I get dressed up. We have a big ceremony. And I'm trying to pretend 
I'm trying to like exude the confidence. You That's know, the leader. Sean Connery, Russell Crowe type leader. Right. right. And uh, it didn't work. It all fell apart within two weeks because, uh, first of all, I had to admit I didn't know stuff. And secondly, I gave an order which couldn't be done on the ship. And 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 the tragedy, or what well, actually not a tragedy, the irony was the officer repeated it. It's basically shifting. It, it was a minor thing. I say shift into second gear on a motor that only had one gear, and I, and then and then the sailor who was supposed to do it just kind of shrugs his shoulders and looks at me with like big eyes, like "Are you an idiot or what?" And I was like, "What happens?" I think there's only one gear, sir. And I'm like, "What?" And I look at the officer and said, "Did you know that?" And he like smiles and gives me this like annoying smirk. Yes. Like, why did you order it? Because you told me to. Because that's what we do now sure we had said if if you don't agree speak up you say all those things it's not doesn't work like that the the message is do what you're told line up comply do what you're told so anyway that shift changed everything for me because i realized i couldn't give better orders i needed to figure out how not to give orders i made a deal i will never give an order and the crew you never ask permission you're gonna just come tell me what you intend to do make me stop you Wow. And did you know at the time that you were going to call this intent-based leadership or was that something that no. you developed afterwards? No, it was all developed. It was all, it was chaos. It was, it was chaos. It was panic. <laughs> it was, oh, it was, oh my God. Panic the, on a submarine. Right. Well, in my head, I mean, it right. was just like, we're going to die if we persist in the current model of leadership of them complying with the things that I say. And um, in the past, like I said, I was like, oh, I just need to do better. But that was not feasible based on the complexity of, of, the, of the thing I needed to. The, the problem wasn't that I gave a bad order. The problem was I was the one given one. So, so we, we, it, a lot hinged on, we changed the way we talked to each other. It was really as simple as that. I, I had no control over who was coming to the ship. I, I didn't fire anyone, really couldn't. Uh, I couldn't change the positions. All the things that most people whine about is like, no, that doesn't really matter. How do you guys talk to each other in a meeting? If someone says something that's unexpected or unusual or inconvenient, sure. do we try and shut them down and explain why they're wrong? Or do we like lean in with curiosity Right. over and over and over again? So we, we were just rewriting all these little scripts. Wow. Uh, for, here's another one. The word they it was really annoying. People would say, oh, well, I couldn't do this because they didn't do that. I'm like, who's they? Who's they? I'm like, oh, that, <laughs> that guy over there, he sleeps like four feet away from me. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that can't be they. Oh, no, he's different rank, different department. Wow. Like, no, no, no. And so I outlawed the word they. I said, no they on Santa Fe. Again, it rhymes, <laughs> so that's a good deal. Easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. And so, But here's the thing I learned. When you say we... Initially, it sounds weird. Like I'm saying we, but you're really in the there. I'm in maintenance. You're in ops. It doesn't really feel like we. But if you persist, six months later, guess what? Your brain goes, gives up, and says, "Okay, I guess, I guess I'll just we. rewire myself." Right. And it feels like we. Wow. But we act our way to new thinking, not think our way to new action. Anyway, that was the story, and it was amazing. We won all these awards. Blah blah blah. Which is is incredible. I mean, and for those that haven't read it, again, you got to check it out. But this submarine was ranked last in retention, operational standing, and went to first. I mean, it's just incredible story and great lessons uh, learned that you can apply in your day job.
Yeah, and I try and I try and be really vulnerable about the panic and fear that I was feeling, and and I also try and be really specific. So we change the words from this to this. I, I hate these books that go, oh, well, then take care of your people. Oh, my gosh. Right. Dude, I hadn't thought of that. Well, I've never I'm thought about wrong. that. Right. I never thought of it. Like, that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> like, well, what did you actually do? Oh, like magic black box. And then I was like, no, that doesn't make right. sense to me. So uh-huh. I, were, I really want to give uh, – I, want, I really wanted to be open about what we – how we change the words that we use. Sure. Oh. And so anyway, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, those who don't know David, 1981 graduate of the Naval Academy, served in the U.S. Marine Force for 28 years, retired 2009, wrote this first book in 2013. I mean, just, and so go ahead. You were just saying. Well, I got out of the Navy. I wasn't going to write a book. I, I mean, I had a great experience, but something was happening that I didn't realize. All these guys that work on the Santa Fe were getting promoted. And finally, uh, one of my officers calls me and says, hey, I, I got great news. I've been selected to be a submarine commander. I'm the 10th one. <laughs> wow. Like, what? He goes like, yeah, I'm the 10th guy from our wardrobe. There's wow. Only, there's only like 12 or 15 officers in a wardrobe. Right. And these are the same people, right? I mean, they, they started off, these same people, the ones that were quote unquote worst, were now yeah, first and worst, being promoted, right? We didn't fire anyone. Right. Yeah. And now... These were the guys who were going to be all the future submarine commanders. And I said, that's the book. That's the story I want to read. It's not about, I can summarize 90% of the leadership books right now for everyone. Here, I'll say this. Sure, yeah. I'm a good leader. Right. I'm a good leader. You suck. If you're more like me, you'd be better. You'd be better. <laughs> you, yeah. So that's, that's what they are. And I was like, that's annoying. <laughs> so I wanted, to, I wanted a leadership book about creating more leaders. A leadership book, which is really externally focused. Leadership's sure. about other people. No doubt. No doubt. Not, a, a, accomplishment, like you go run a hundred yard dash and you set a record, that's an achievement. That's not leadership. Let's just be honest about that. So stuff that's about you is achievement. It's accomplishment. Sometimes, But we could confuse sometimes in America, we call that leadership, but it's not. Leadership is always about other people. Well, and there's lots of leadership books out there and there's lots of military angled leadership books out there. I'm sure you've seen many of them, you know, the Navy SEAL this or the Navy SEAL that, or the, I could go down the list. Um, why do you think this your book resonated and continues to resonate? Like what, what was it that's different about it? That's given it life that's different than many of the others. Look, there's also lots of good books. I, I shouldn't denigrate like I did, but <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to I'm when just, i wrote my book <laughs> what makes yours i was annoyed <laughs> i didn't want to follow into that pattern right I, I, there was a couple things i wrote my book first of all i'm an engineer i'm an engineer and a physicist not an, an, an english book writer and so i struggled and struggled and struggled for me there's the thing that really makes a book work there are a couple things that the reader typically can't identify, but there's just this gut feel. Number one is it's coherently structured. And so we spent a lot of time on the structure of the story. It's fundamentally, it's chronological, but within the chronology, what do you emphasize? How do you structure the thing? So, and the second thing is as a, as a writer, you need to be vulnerable, honest, and just brutally descriptive. And that's what people dive into when the details are there, you know, when they really get a sense for that. 
so 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 lazy writing, and, and I'm sure someone can find an example of this in my book. Lazy writing is so John came in upset about blah blah blah. Um, better writing in my mind is John came in, uh, threw his notebook on the on the on the counter, and um, folded his arms abruptly and then looked at me with big, big eyes. Like the reader can understand, okay, that's what's going on. And then they can project what's going on inside of John. To me, that's much more interesting and and it's much more attractive than sort of taking a shortcut. Because by the way, John might not be upset. All we really know is that's what he did when he walked into my office. He He may be frustrated. He may be um, happy. I don't know. I can only describe what I saw. Sure. Yeah, no question. So, so, so give the reader, I think too many books uh, infantilize the reader. And, and I heard this when I was writing, oh, you know, make it simple. Simple is good, but simplistic not. Right. You know, don't I do tell them what that. you're going to say. Tell them what you said. To, like, that's <laughs> idiotic. <laughs> it's I like, a say it again. movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. This movie is about, that's not how it works. Right. Who wants to watch that? That's idiotic. Nobody. Throw me into the action. <laughs> I totally agree. Anyway. No, it's yeah, really we're great. We're so smart, aren't we? I got it all figured out. <laughs> well, it's cool how you've converted life experience into teaching others. And I think that's something that's really cool about your career. I mean, you had a whole career and now you have a new career. And, um, and I think a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of people out there that aspire to do kind of what you're doing. Um, Talk about, I mean, in this is, you know, all of this is great, but talk about your newest book, Leadership is Language, The Hidden Power of What You Say and What You Don't. So how did this one come about as related to Turn the Ship Around? I'm going to jump on that one second. I, you reminded me of something I want to tell all you listeners out there. This was very hard for me. When I first started, so I wrote a book and then everyone likes it. The first 10 people who read your book will obviously like it. Of course. <laughs> but, then, but, but, then you get, but then you get the person who was told to read it by their boss. Right. So they're angry and they give you a one-star review. Oh. I got this one-star review. It's like, it's a book about submarines. I was disappointed right. because it was Not about as good submarines. as Red Literally, October. that's what they wrote. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, and like, there's a submarine on the cover. I'm not trying to hide the... Right. <laughs> and... And then you go and give a speech right? and a whole bunch of people clap. And then one person gives you a one on feedback and you're like, what? Right. Here's the deal. Don't, don't get hung up with that. You can't please everybody though. No matter exactly. what, right? And I mean, I, I, call, I say it tens and ones, not all nine. Oh, so, so if you want to make, if you don't, if you just be your most honest, true, help, legitimately helpful, think about the audience. What would you want? Sure. And, and, and you can build a business on, you can build a business on 10 and ones. You can't build a business on a bunch of eights and nines. No one will remember that. That's so, so true. I, so true. Um, so, so, so here's what happened. So I got lucky and this book sold and people wanted to hear more about it. And so we started interacting with a bunch of organizations and now I'm interacting sitting with CEOs of fortune 100 companies Absolutely. And traveling. Yeah, it's super cool. And the fun thing about it is it's self-selecting. If you're an evil boss, <laughs> like Volkswagen didn't hire me. The guy was evil. Right. And, and, and 
you're not going to hire me. So the only people I'm interacting with are people who are trying to make the world a better place for their people. And so that was, and, and so we kind of started coming up with, well, what are all the things that you said? Give me a big, t-. and so I said, well, you know, don't say, is it safe? Say, how safe is it? Make it easy for someone to give you a nuanced response. And don't say, they, they say, we no. don't run a meeting by talking about something. That just lets people figure out where the boss is on a position. And then we make it harder for the dissenting and diverse opinions to speak up. Vote first, then discuss it, and then the purpose. Oh, these so so we had all these things, but no one could remember. Uh, so I said, "Well, what's the structure?" And so we we what I think this new book does is it reveals the underlying structure of the language that we use at work, and I and I think about them as plays. They're like football plays. There's a situation. Someone in a meeting, someone raised their hand, say, "I think we need to delay product launch." What's going to happen next? I, I can almost guarantee you what will happen next is I'll be eye rolling. They'll be really, John. Sometimes John's a bad guy. Today. Sure. Yeah, be really, Justin. Yep. And, you know, we've, got, we've gone. In other words, people become compelling and they respond, react, reply. This is not what you want. What you want is people to be curious. Oh, hey, Justin. You must see something different than I, what I see because I'm not I'm seeing the. I don't need to even say that. Just say, hey, Justin, tell me what you're saying. Sure. So it's tell it's back to the it. intent. Tell it's back to leaning exactly. in, right? God. Yeah, exactly. And so I we lean back, so they lean into us. We invite them to lean into us. And so, so here's the pattern. I'll 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 just blow it out there right now. Perfect. The way the way we speak now is an industrial age language. Okay. And I want you to unpack that for me. Unpack that for me. Yep. Well, we have all hands meetings. <laughs> we do. We, That's we, right. we want we want to do things quote like clockwork. This is we want uh, we want to be a can do organization, not a can think organization. So the in some of these things are benign, but they subtly anchor us in the industrial age. The industrial age, the plays for the industrial age were obey the clock because it's. That's why we pay people by the hour. It's all about the clock, clock in and we clock out. Then we, here's the deal. In industrial age, or the industrial age fundamental organizational design is to separate people into two groups, the people who do the thinking and decision-making and the people who do what they're told. And so that's convenient because I'm not, I don't need to waste time with the rank and file in terms of, oh, what do you think? And all that stuff, just do it. But now that doesn't work anymore. A, because those people who are doing stuff aren't motivated by that. B, because the world's moving too fast. C, because they actually know more about what's going on than you do probably because <laughs> they're true. closer to it. Yep. So, so what we need now is to let the people, the doers be the deciders. So now instead of me making a decision, I, this is the way I was in the Navy. I decide all leadership, 99% of leadership books are about coercing other people into doing what you think they should do. Just like on inspire. the Santa Fe, right? When you took it. Exactly. Over. Yep. I'm going to inspire them. I'm going to motivate. We don't say coerce, but that's fundamentally what it is. Right. Use rank, rhetoric. Exactly. So instead of that, we need collaborate. And then what, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to comply. They conform to their positions. And then we continue the production run as long as possible. Might not be relevant what we're making, but... At least we're making it and we're doing a good job making it. And so this is these are the old plays and we need to change all those. So what I give in the book 
or the six new plays and within this construct of this thinking, doing, who's doing it, when, how do we manage that? That's how you create an agile organization. Sure. Yeah. And as I looked through the, the outline of your new book, I, I did like many of the topics like you were just saying. So control the clock instead of obey the clock, collaborate versus coerce, um, being committed <clears throat> versus compliant, um, complete, not continue. Talk about um, how these come to life in in kind of in the workplace and how you, as you're out talking to business leaders, when they hear these topics, which ones resonate with them? Well, everyone, you start with obey the clock with the old way and control the clock. Everyone, this resonates with everybody. Obey the clock is the sense of pressure that we got to get something done within a certain period of time. Now, here's the tricky thing. For some it's okay to have a deadline, but we just need to realize that when people are, un, are, are operating under the pressure of a deadline, they're not going to be able to do their best thinking. They're not going to have a wide perspective. They're going to be focused. They're going to be in focused production doing mode. So I, I need to have a vehicle or a mechanism that allows them to exit that mode, relieve the pressure, and then do their thinking. What we try to do is we say, oh, you're under pressure. We never really have the pressure, and I need you to think and make decisions. And it right. doesn't work out that way. You don't give them the margin. You look at the, That's right. Yeah. So you look at these the texts from the 737 MAX pilots right. oh. who are testing it, and they talk about the pressure, and they they joke about, oh, I guess I lied to the regulators unknowingly about how, you know how this thing was. And they talk about the time pressure. And it's the job of leadership to set a structure by which we can relieve that. So you got to make it easy to exit the production work and go and, and think. But then you also have to make it easy to make the commitment out of thinking. Because cause you can do it too far the other way. Oh, we just sit around. We have all these meetings. We don't have to do anything. Let's make a commitment. But here's the thing. That's why complete is important. We're going to make a short commitment. Got it. We're not going to make a not commitment. Just continue. Yep. Yeah, for the end. Yeah, we're not going to continue selling DVDs till the end of time. <laughs> we're going to we're going to make a commitment that we're going to sell DVDs for another year, and then we're going to reevaluate that. Is this how's that going for us? As opposed to no, we're doubling down on selling renting DVDs, whatever. No question. Well, I want to pick another one here. Talk about connecting and not conforming as it relates to organizations. This is this is the last play. This is. Probably the most important that underpins everything, but it's very hard for me to talk about it because I here here's the deal. If that my job as a leader was to get you to do something that I chose for you to do, I didn't really want to get to know you as a human being. In fact, I wanted to maintain a professional detached relationship because I was going to bludgeon you into doing something, and. But now, if I need, if I got to go to you and say, hey, what do you think? Um, how can we make it better? Like, I know you were part of the team that did this, but now I'm asking you to evaluate work that you yourself did. We need to have healthy emotions to make healthy decisions. That's what the science reveals. And healthy emotions come from feeling like a healthy human being, which in the hierarchical bureaucracy of many of today's companies, we don't have. We have fake behaviors where I pretend to conform and I don't say what I really think. Oh, that guy, you're, you're a jerk, but I don't say it. 
I was bad, but hey, you treated me badly, but I suck it up. That's not healthy. We have unhealthy environments, but then we have unhealthy emotions, and we're not at our best making good decisions. So connect is, I'm contrasting it with conform. Conform was, I'm I'm the CEO, you're the senior vice president for manufacturing, you're going to conform to your role, play nice, and I'm going to tell you what to do. Versus connect as humans, I'm going to create an environment where you can feel like a healthy human being so that you feel safe to say, yeah, I really think this isn't the right way to go and not worry that I'm going to get pissed off and, uh, well, you're fired. <laughs> or, or, or the other social things. Even, it's not that dramatic typically, but we have, you know, we frown at people. We talk bad about behind their backs. All this stuff is like, leave that in high school. Like, we had enough of that. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's great advice right there. David, you got uh, this new book coming out. Where can our uh, listeners find you? How can they engage with you? I know you do a lot of speaking events. How can they invite you to come speak to their company or their organization? Yeah, check it out. We're, our program's called Intent-Based Leadership. We got the website, Intent-Based Leadership. Yeah, awesome site, by we, the way. Great content. We Thank you. We have... Um, uh, we also have a channel on YouTube called Leadership Nudges. Leadership Nudges is the channel on YouTube. We put out every week a 60 to 90 second, very short clip. A lot of things we talked about today, just a little tiny snippet. Hey, try asking the question this way, not that way. Uh, stories sometimes. Just uh, I was in an elevator the other day, saw a sign that I thought was awesome. One of the things we say is don't give instructions, give information. And the sign <laughs> love that. Says, yeah, the sign says, yeah, it's a great thing. And so, so like, so the sign in the elevator, it, it was, um, I was at the Hilton in New York and it said, rough housing may result in activating a safety feature, which will then lock the <laughs> elevator in position until uh, ma- uh, maintenance crew can come and check it out. In other words, it didn't tell you what to do. It didn't tell if you <laughs> don't rough do house it. in the elevator. It didn't say don't rough house. It just says if you do, you may be locked in the elevator for a couple hours. You decide what to do. It's perfect. It's exactly what you want. Give people the information and let them suffer the consequences of their actions. And it wouldn't work if it said it will lock somebody else in an elevator for a couple hours because you need to suffer the consequences <laughs> from your babe. Anyway, so uh, that's the that's kind of, and I, I just tape it and I talk about it and say, hey guys, this is a really good example of this concept that we have. And, the, and so Leadership Nudges, I encourage you to subscribe. It's free. Yay. And, um, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. it's uh, We have a lot of fun. I, we have a small team. We do uh, keynotes, workshops, we interact and we have some partners around the globe. So wherever you are, we can probably get someone to you. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And then davidmarquette.com. Um, and of course on Amazon and whatnot, you can find all the books. Yeah. Any, yeah. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Sure. Uh, I mean, it looks like you got a lot of tens on your reviews here on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> you got a, or fives, yeah, five stars. Yeah. Those are that's real, cool. by the way. Those, Those are real. Just a bunch of people in India pay two dollars. <laughs> Not that anybody would do that. Um, all no, right, no awesome. not that anyone else would do that. <laughs> hey, David, it's so great. It's been so great having you on the podcast. I hope you'll come back on. I look forward to meeting you either in uh, down in Florida or here in Atlanta, and uh, I just really appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks to all you listeners. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store 
the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.